It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Todd brings us our quick tip of the week with copy in Finder file preview. I do this all the time, but in case someone else does not know, I often need to copy a value out of a PDF. I click once on the PDF in the Finder, hit the space bar, double click on the value or word, and command C to copy it. It works like a charm and is very efficient. If the text in the PDF is not selectable, I use Text Sniper to OCR to the clipboard. More quick text like this, plus your questions answered on today. Smack Geek Cab 1023 for Monday, February 5th, 2024. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Mac Geek Cab, the show where you send in tips just like that one. You send in your questions, as Adam said, and we try to answer them. And you send in your cool stuff found. We share those too. We share some cool stuff found of our own. The goal being that each and every one of us learns at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include hymns.com slash MGG, where you can start your free online visit today. Uh, and then linkedin.com slash MGG, where you can post your first job for free today. We'll talk more in depth about each of those in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in South Dakota, I'm Adam Christensen. And here in New Hampshire, for those listening live, happy Groundhog Day. It's Pilot Pete. And for those not listening live, happy Groundhog Day. (laughs) Happy Groundhog Day. This is how it repeats itself, by recording it and wishing everyone a happy Groundhog Day. I knew we would stumble on to this, our time shifting of things has finally succeeded. I love there it. There you go. Uh, in addition... Dave, before we start, let me be the first to wish everybody a happy Groundhog Day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, I'll stop now. Oh, it helped. Welcome to spring. Welcome to spring, right? They pulled They pulled that little rat out of the log, and he said... No shadow. Yeah, no early shadow. spring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, to celebrate early spring, we will have our next Mac, hang- Mac Geek Gab hangout, but it's also a Mac hangout. Uh, Mac Geekab Hangout on Sunday, February 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. If you are subscribed to MacGeekab.com slash calendar, this already is there. Uh, in that calendar event will be the Zoom details and passcode. If you aren't subscribed to the calendar, join our Discord for the Zoom details or the passcode. Or make sure you're subscribed to our email list. Uh, at MacGeekab.com. We will also send you the Zoom details and the passcode there. We just can't post the passcode on social media because we did that once. And that oh. hangout sucked. Yeah, well, we had all the script kitties coming in. They, I, Adam, you weren't there. Like, they were, they were, like, I give them credit, they fooled they us. They were clever. They were clever. What they did was they would join and then change their name. We've also change the security on this so no one can change their names uh but they would they would join and then change their name to match someone else in the room right like you know some actual real person and then they would post then they would post the filthiest thing that they could possibly imagine uh and quickly change their name to something else which would cause us to boot out a legitimate user and we oh, played no. whack-a-mole like this for far too long one Sunday <laughs> afternoon. So, uh, 
We don't do that anymore. We enjoy the hangout. This, the subject of this hangout, instead of it being whack-a-mole, is going to be uh, talking Mac web browsers. Now, that that is true, and we will talk Mac web browsers. There was a discussion in Discord about it, and uh, it seemed like the kind of thing where if we could... A lot of people were saying, well, I like, you know, somebody was like, I like Arc browser because I can have, you know, uh, side uh, tabs on the side instead of tabs at the top. And several of us asked, can you show us that? Like, I get what you're saying and I understand it like mechanically, but I don't understand it experientially and seeing some screenshots is like, oh, I see how that works. So the idea is. With Zoom, we can all share our screens or any of us that want to can share our screens and, and kind of show each other how we're using the features we like in our favorite web browsers. And, and even in, even if we all have the same favorite web browser, my guess is yeah. we're all doing slightly different things and it really makes a difference. So that's the, the, the stated topic of our Hangout. But for anyone who's been to our Hangout, Go ahead, Adam. What's that? I was going to say, if you're going to be sharing screens, it's a good thing you got that security lock. Yeah, there. we figured that part out. Yes. Wait, you, don't, you don't need it becoming a big old chat roulette. No, we don't need it becoming <laughs> chat roulette. I'm, I'm, I'm actually upset that you even mentioned that term here on Sullied Mac Geek Cab with that. Yeah. <laughs> right up until this moment, we were happy that Adam joined. And then, uh, no, seriously, exactly. very, very, very happy. But, um, but the, the conversation will devolve. I was going to say evolve. It will devolve into whatever it is we want to talk about. I have no doubt that we'll wind up talking a lot about Vision Pro and all of that good stuff um, because people will have them in hand. Speaking of, Adam, yours, we are yes. recording this on, on Friday the 5th. Uh, sorry, on, it comes out on Friday the 5th. We're recording it on Groundhog Day on the 2nd. And uh, so yours is due to arrive after we've finished, I have no Momentary. doubt. Momentarily. Um, by 9 p.m. tonight. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> It'll be you... here sooner. Uh, UPS usually gets here right after lunch. So Got it. Expect it sometime okay. right after lunch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, your afternoon is shot. Yeah. <laughs> pretty solid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So one, of the, one of the reviews called it basically said it's like a drug. I believe that. Like yeah, that's the, they said that's the most dangerous thing about it yeah. is like, you know, and I see that and my family is super concerned about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, because it, you're going to go into this thing and we're never going to see you ever again. Like, well, they'll just see yeah. you through the thing. Like that's the, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little, a little frightening. A little I, yeah. Dystopian. Yeah. It, I can see that. I mean, the whole internet is like dystopian in that way like we're we're disconnected from one another it's you know it's a it's a yeah but, but to real quick question i think it's a it's a projection of your eyes right it's not translucent it's a projection of your eyes onto the screen in front of you so someone feels like they're looking at you if you well again the reviews are that in person it's actually really bad and uh, low res and so like the marketing they've done some nice adjustments on their marketing videos and things where it looks a lot more transparent but apparently like in real life and and some of the youtube videos when you see the eyes can get off a little bit and a little distorted and they need to do some work on that on that feature it sounds like it's not quite ready for and the other thing is personas they're launching as beta so that too so the whole persona thing which looks really great like they they got the face down but a bunch of people pointed out Joanna Stern. I think her, if you watch her video, you'll see how bad it is, especially for 
someone who has longer hair or wears more flowing clothes because you do the scan and your face is animated, but your hair is not. So you get like hair helmet. And then if you're wearing jewelry and it's off to the side or you turn your head, right? If you have normally hair that would flow, your hair doesn't move. It's just like, (laughs) Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) It's like frozen in time. So, huh? Yeah. But they say it's beta. So hopefully, hopefully they can get some physics in there at some point for, hair and clothing and stuff like that. I don't know how far they can take it, but right. 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 That's, that's funny. I mean, it takes some serious coding to make it look natural. That's not just a, you know, computer, you know, can only do what you tell it to do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the face tracking is really excellent. And and somebody pointed out, I didn't think about this either is how are they doing them? The mouth, because there is no camera pointed at your mouth. There are the down facing, like, cameras so there must be some sort of combination of audio yeah and to get the lip movements that, that would be my guess accurate. is it is they're oh, they're yeah. they're creating the lips that would match the the sounds you're making with your mouth i mean apparently it's really good so huh? well, that's cool all right okay all right well i have no doubt that we will talk about that on the next episode which is you know a special number for us nerds which is mgg yeah. 1024 we might have a special guest with us Ooh. next week, too, for MGG 1024, and we might do some other yeah. things, but we will almost certainly be talking about your uh, Vision Pro experience, you know, after a week or so with the, uh, with the device. So I'm looking forward to that. Shall yeah, we do come some... In as my, what, come in as my persona. It, well, yes, you will come in as your persona. If we can, if we can rig that up, that'd be great. There you go. Oh, oh, that'd yeah. be cool. That'd be terrible. Dave, I have to ask before we get into it, uh, is the dog barking? I can turn my mic to mute through most of this. Not getting it. Okay. No. Good. The gate's yeah, the, the audio magic is doing whatever it's yeah. doing. Yeah. The neighbor's dog has decided that now is the time to go nuts. So I, <laughs> I got to tell you, obviously, we've been doing this show for almost 19 years and yeah. uh, not quite as long as Adam did MacCast yet. But uh, <laughs> we... we and we've been obsessed with audio quality the whole time and used all the technology available uh, to us to make it sound as good for you and us uh, as we possibly can. The last couple of years with what we'll call AI, but it's really just machine learning, pattern matching, the engines that can use that in real time to clean up audio are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Apple's got some the the platform that we use to for our our voice and video connection is called StreamYard. It's got some uh I've mostly we we mostly leverage the one in StreamYard uh and then Pete are you using anything on your end to do uh, that? Well, I have Audio Hijack Pros running, I believe. Let me see if I've got that one on it. So, yes, yeah, so I've got Speech Denoise. Audio Hijack uh, Pro Audio Speech Hijack Denoise. Pro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because but when I turn on the AU Sound Isolation, which is an Apple filter yeah. in Audio Hijack, it it gets really hinky. So. Yeah, yeah, A- Apple's speech um it, yeah, the AU Sound Isolation plugin, it works. But when employed in real time, there's a slight lag that we notice, uh, which we don't get with um, the Audio Hijack speech isolation. Or the other one that I use here on my end is is from Isotope. It's called RX10, which is RX is their suite of cleanup tools. And uh, I'm just pulling the name up here. It's called Voice Denoise, RX10 Voice Denoise. and. That one works great in real time, but it's just amazing. Like if we had this capability 
five years ago, we would have been, it would have changed things for the show. Like yeah. it's, it's well, great. Yeah. And you mentioned StreamYard and I'll say this for anyone wanting to do a podcast that I, I was in Singapore last week when we recorded the show that's out this week. And at one point I was missing probably 40% of the audio during the live stream. The beauty of StreamYard is it takes your audio, puts it on your computer and then uploads it. So the show sounds clean. It's yeah. like I was there the whole time. They were there the whole time. It, it's really impressive technology that they, they take it all yep. and upload it as a file as opposed to the digitization that I was getting when we were using it. In Zoom. real time. This yeah. is for your So There I Was show, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we've, um, we, we knew that we had lots and lots of stuff to go through, and so... Now it's time for quick tips. Now it's time for just the quick tips. That's right. Yep. Uh <laughs> Adam, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. We got uh, John giving us some additional details about Apple Vision Pro and the lenses, that the lens inserts. He says, like Adam, I ordered the Vision Pro on launch day. One thing that caused confusion was the dialogue about Zeiss inserts. I asked whether I had, it asked whether I had an eyeglasses or contact prescription, which, to which I said both. Then I asked which I then it asked which I use more, and I said contact lenses. It then asked if my contact lenses were monovision, meaning that one was for for far away and one was for reading. I, and then I said yes. It then said I needed inserts, but I was confused because it did not ask which eye is close and which is far, and that information is not on my contacts prescription. When I asked to upload, when I asked to upload, it was not clear if I should upload my eyeglasses prescription or my contact lens prescription. I talked to three different Apple reps about this. None of them knew. None of them could answer this question about which prescription to upload and how they were going to deal with the monovision issue without knowing which eye was closer, which eye was far. But I finally reached Zeiss support and got the answer. With normal contacts, you don't need inserts. With monovision, contacts apple vision pro will display strangely with or without inserts so the only option is to use inserts without contact lenses and hence i should upload my eyeglass prescription the other thing i learned is that uploading your prescription is not only mandatory but they won't accept it without the prescription showing your date of birth the date of your eye exam has to be within the past year i thought, thought it was two years yeah, but i thought it was two years i think it year. is two years yeah signature of the doctor and the full prescription number. The Zeiss rep said that many uploads were being rejected because one or more of these requirements was missing. Anyway, I thought this clarification would be helpful to someone, to some of your listeners who got tripped up in the onboarding process. So thanks, John, for that. That's a lot of additional detail and a lot of good things to know because it, I would imagine, surprised we didn't hear more about this because I would imagine it would have been very frustrating on, you know, know, pre-order day if a lot of people were getting rejected on the... Well, thing. I wonder if they were rejected after the fact. Correct. Like, right. Well, but not on pre-order day, like, you know, in the, in the days following, I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 They're probably easier, to, easier to crack. So I would imagine it's just a matter of you can get that corrected and yeah. they can still get the lenses in there. I think they have a, a good supply of the lenses. It seems so bizarre to me that like I can go and order lenses from you know, I buy direct or Zenny and they ask for your prescription, but they just ask you to type in the numbers and put in the date, right? Like it, it it's up to you as to whether your prescription is current or not. They they aren't being the prescription, the, the vision prescription police, right? Right. Exactly. And clearly these companies like 
clearly someone at the FDA or whoever might care about these things is aware of this by this point in time. I mean, I buy direct and Zenny send, you know, send glasses, sell glasses all the time. And so I'm just surprised that Apple is choosing to be the vision police here. And I'd, I'd be curious to know why that is I, like, is there something like, do they want to play really extra special nice with the FDA so that they can like, I don't know. You know, like they don't have to Pete. Yes. Yeah. Dave, yeah. you know, this, uh, you don't have to ask. Uh, it's the yep. lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And but, you know what that's the thing. Lawyers, I, I buy directly. 99% and... of them ruin it for the rest. I okay. Know. Don't send me email guys. That's funny. I know. <laughs> I know. And, and I thankfully I've met the rest. Lawyer Jeff out there is amazing. Right? But there you go. Like why, but why Apple's lawyers and not anybody else's lawyer? This is the question I have. I don't, and I know uh, this is rhetorical and it's, yeah. it's well, hundreds of millions they spend on yeah. lawyers. My, I'm going to come my, back in my next life as an Apple lawyer. <laughs> I don't know that you want that job. I've, I've had oh, to talk to some Apple lawyers. But that's he, true. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it's like work. They expect results. I think the difference here is that glasses and, you know, eyeglasses have been around for centuries. Right? Yeah. Oh, so we know eyeglasses, right? We're talking about a brand new unproven technology that you are having people put on their face for extended hours of time with displays, you know, this close and lights shooting into your eyes. And, you know, like, I think they're a little more concerned, like you might have a better case for a a lawsuit if you get damaged by this thing. And if you have the wrong lenses, like that's really on probably on you, but you're going to go after still. Yeah, no, that's it. That makes perfect sense because this is not a pair of glasses. You're absolutely right. I, I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, no one, no one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, so, back to the quick tips. I discovered something this week. I had to punt on my network time machine backup because, d- despite me having tons of room and continuing to give it more room on my Synology disk station, time machine kept telling me you don't have enough room. You don't have enough room. So I was like, all right, fine. It's 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 time. And so I wiped it out and then had to go in on my Mac in the office and tell it, go, you know, choose this as a new time machine destination. And it did. And I, it came up with the screen and it gave me the uh, option to encrypt my backup or not. And then below that was something I did not know existed. It had an option for disk usage limit in time machine at least for a network volume. And it was defaulted to none uh, or I could choose custom. And then it showed me the full amount of space on the volume and I could drag a slider back and forth to set whatever quota I want. So I set it to just shy of the full size of the quota that I had set on my Synology, but it wouldn't have known that it can't see that it just sees a volume of a certain size and that's it. And so I set it to just shy of that. And, and now uh, when I look in Time Machine, it says, you know, that there is a 1.05 terabyte quota for that volume. No amount of right clicking or control clicking or option clicking or any other type of clicking that I could come up with gave me the ability to edit that after choosing it the first time. So choose wisely. Oh. But <laughs> but 
And I don't know if when it starts to get full, if it can't successfully stay within the limits via its pruning, will it ask me, do you want to increase the quota, Dave? My guess is it will not. But uh, but anyway, I, I was shocked to see this. I, I don't know how long it's been there, but it it hasn't been that long. It's either new with Sonoma or or maybe, you know, Ventura right before it. So but otherwise, yeah, because I because I. This happens oh. once a year or something that I need to wipe out a backup. So, yeah, I know. I was I was impressed. Listener Joe brings us our next quick tip. Um, he says, I have a trip to Mexico planned next month. Same. Uh, I was not planning to buy an international pass uh, for his phone data uh, as I won't need uh, data while I'm there. And he's with uh, Mint, which now has their Minternational pass, which is priced a little bit differently than things used to be. He says, what will happen with text messages and phone calls though? In the past, I've always kept a uh, small roaming balance so that any inbound, this is really interesting. This is, I will answer this question. I screwed things up when I created this quick tip because this is a question from Joe and this is not the quick tip that Joe had sent in, but I will, I will answer the question over here. (laughs) He says in the past, I've always kept a small roaming balance so that any inbound text or calls will make it to me. What will happen now? What will happen now, Joe, is that you will not get them. If you are on cell data mint, uh, there is no, you used to be able to keep a roaming balance with mint and the, uh, and it would just deduct, you know, five cents every time an SMS came in or, you know, however many cents your phone call would have cost from that balance. Those went away now and they, they give you your money back. They put it into a thing that you can use like for renewals or anything else you want to buy with Mint. So uh, you didn't lose the money you had in your roaming balance. But now if you don't have a international plan, which is everything uh, for a short period of time, you can get it for a day or seven days or whatever. If you don't have that international plan. Texts and phone calls will not come through to your phone unless you are on Wi-Fi calling, in which case they still will. So that answers that question. And now Joe has a quick tip for us. Did you guys know that? Yeah, I noticed uh, that. Yeah. About Safari tabs. Yeah. He <laughs> he notes that if uh, you choose to open a new link in uh, or a link in a new tab, right? You know, you can right click on a link and say, open a new tab or, or command click on it. If you have it set up that way. So there's another quick tip. You can just have links open in new tabs by command clicking. If you open a link in a new tab and then you click the back button, it will close that tab and go back to where you came from, which is a nice little quick tip. Interesting. So, yeah. 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 So thank you for that, Joe. And uh, thanks for the bonus question too. <laughs> we, we were, I think we were going to answer that later in the episode, but, uh, but you know, there you go. A I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I screwed up the workflow. I, I was, it, it's, it's cause I don't know how to manage my own clipboard. That's really what it comes down to guys. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Tannel points out an interesting thing with the iOS 17.4 beta that he has been using. Siri, he says, on my iPhone is set to British English. Since I live in Estonia, I get a lot of, a lot of messages in Estonian. No surprises there. Siri tries to announce these messages, but obviously British Siri cannot read Estonian. American Siri cannot either, but British Siri is slightly better as uh, it pronounces vowels more similar to Estonian than American Siri does. Yesterday, he says, I was surprised that while driving, 
Siri announced a message that was sent in Estonian. And then it said, if you want to reply, you can do it in English. Naturally, I parked my car and checked the Siri settings. And there it was in setting Siri and search messaging with Siri read messages. Finnish slash Finland was selected. So Siri assumed that I am getting messages in Finnish, which makes sense as the two languages are similar. More importantly, Finnish Siri can read Estonian with no problem. Very interesting. That's I like to see. Yeah, that's something that would have gone unnoticed had you not shared it with us, Daniel. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, you know, there we are. That's uh, That's how we do it. I got one more quick tip left before oh, we uh, do it. move on. All right, great. Uh, ben shares with us. He says, uh, in episode 997, you were talking about keyboard shortcuts uh, on the Mac in messages. He says, I just discovered that I can click an individual message on the Mac to select it and then ple- press command T for tap back, command R for reply or command E for edit. If it's a message I just recently sent. When nothing is selected, these shortcuts act on the most recent message. And by the way, these keyboard shortcuts also work uh, when using an external keyboard with iPhone or iPad. However, those devices don't support message selection in the same way. So I don't think you can use the keyboard for these actions on an older message in a conversation. And he's right. I immediately went and messed with this when I saw the, uh, the note in our Discord. But... I also noticed that tap back and reply auto select the most recently received message, even if I've sent things since then. So, Pete, if you texted me something like looking forward to the show tomorrow and I said, great, if I hit command T, it would choose your message, not mine, even though mine is the most recent. Uh, Right. Yep. And uh, and but if I highlight my own sent message in, in that scenario, then the settings, you know, then the commands would apply to that. So I could tap back my own message or reply to my own message, but I have to select it. It auto chooses the most recently received one. And I found that pretty interesting. All right, folks, ever feel like your health is running on low battery, but there's no time for a reboot? Enter Hims, the one-stop tech-savvy solution for men's health. Think of it as the latest software update for your body without the annoying wait times. Whether it's upgrading your hairline or turbocharging your performance, Hims brings the doctor's office to you 100% online, just like we like our tech. Say goodbye to awkward pharmacy lines. With Hims, it's all discreet, direct, and no need for insurance. Just like downloading an app, but for your health. And don't get caught with outdated health routines. Hims offers everything from chewable ED treatments to hair loss serums, all shipped for free. Manage it all with the Hims app, track your progress, and get advice from experts. It's like having a health genie in your pocket. So, my fellow tech lovers, it's time to update your health routine. Start your free online visit at hymns.com slash MGG. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash M-G-G for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash M-G-G. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. And remember, guys, in tech and in health, don't get caught running on empty. Hymns has got your back and our thanks to Hymns for sponsoring this episode. 
All right, so you know how finding the right app can be a game changer for your tech setup? Well, when it comes to hiring for your small business, LinkedIn Jobs, our sponsor, is like that must-have app, but for finding top-notch professionals. I love to tell the story about Sadie, our social media wizard, right? We found her through LinkedIn Jobs, and candidly, we'd have more luck finding a vintage Apple One in mint condition than stumbling upon her elsewhere. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It's a vast network of over a billion professionals. It's like the iCloud of talent, massive, diverse, and just a click away. And here's the kicker. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's faster than your computer boots up in the morning, even with that M3 system on a chip, right? Plus, LinkedIn is always updating, like adding features to help you write job descriptions. It's as if they're the iOS updates for hiring, always making things smoother and more efficient. So... For all you small business owners juggling a million tasks, don't get caught in the hiring maze. Go to linkedin.com slash MGG. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. Again, that's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And remember, in the world of tech and talent, don't get caught without the right team. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. All right. Uh... Adam, we got a question from Anthony here who says he came over with you from MacCast and is loving things. I agree. He says, if I take a photo on my iPhone 15 as a JPEG, then airdrop it to my MacBook Pro, open iCloud Photos in Safari, and drag and drop it into a new album in iCloud, there's no issue. It uploads straight away. However... If I then take a second photo taken and saved in Apple's proprietary, I don't think it's proprietary, but uh, in Apple's HEIF image format, it gives the following error. There was a problem uploading one file. Only files in JPEG format can be uploaded. Why would Apple do this? Any ideas, Adam? Yep. Great question. And unfortunately, the answer is that uh, according to Apple's iCloud team, or that specific answer couldn't come from, it could only come really from Apple's iCloud team, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I can confirm via Apple's iCloud support documentation, which we will link to, uh, that you can only upload JPEG files via the web interface. Um, so, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, and I can also confirm that uh, HEIF is not a proprietary Apple format. As a matter of fact, most browsers are now supporting that format as a web developer. I noticed this recently. So we use a bunch of services that will auto-convert, yep. uh, you know, to the fastest, most efficient format for browsers. And it used to be WebP, and now I'm seeing things come across in HEIF. Oh! interesting just kind of cool that yeah. is kind of cool yeah huh all right all right cool all right yeah. um while we're, i'm gonna call a little audible here because i might as well um dean had a question adam you want to take us to dean sure because i think it's kind of related dean dean says i currently automatically have my photos go to google photos where i grab weekly local backups the three two one method they are organized by year and by month. My question is, I'm looking for some software, please, not Apple Photos, <laughs> that will let me view all folders and photos, thumbnails with an option to open, and possibly even search for them if possible. If I had to explain in short, looking for something like Google Photos feature set, probably not uh, nearly as feature rich, but local software, 
I could point to my NAS where my photos are backed up. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Love your show. You guys rock. Keep up the good work. I'm always listening. Thanks, Dean. We appreciate you always listening. Um, I, you know, if Apple Photos isn't your thing, there's something that we've talked about on the show before and I've kind of become aware of through some some other channels or reminded of through some other channels too. And it's called Melio Photos, M-Y-L-I-O. Uh, and it's like Apple Photos Pro for nerds. It, it's it's more advanced than Apple Photos. It's It's more complex than Apple Photos. But it is the tool that people who are frustrated with the limitations of Apple Photos or the user interface of Apple Photos, this is the one that you might really like. It's certainly worth checking out and so uh it's at melio.com m-y-l-i-o.com which of course we will put in the show notes but i i I think this is i I think it's worth taking a look at and even if you're not sick of apple photos it might also be taking uh, worth taking a look at because it, it you know it does some it does some things in a flexible way that only a third party could do right like so yep have you used melio I played around with it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm an Apple Photos guy. Uh, you same. know, I'm iCloud I Photo Library. I absolutely love and the new sharing features and stuff like that. So I have no issues with that. But I'm all in on the Apple ecosystem. Um, right. But I totally understand people who don't want to be. And yeah, that was where my head immediately went. Was that was the that the service that I thought of? Yeah. What's the What's the price point on it? Uh, that's a great question, Pete. They have plans here. Uh, let's go to the compare plan screen. So there's Melio photos, which is free. Uh, and, and you get price. Yep. You can import everything you want. You can use their AI powered photo finder engine, photo editing, uh, sort and organize in, in different spaces that they call them family history metadata. And then there is for 10 bucks a month, Melio photos plus, which has all of that plus uh, accessing your library from all of your devices. So that cloud service, a dedupe feature security with their protection vaults, semi-private albums and sharing of spaces. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the freemium model here. Yeah. So 10 bucks a month. If you want to the cloud features, essentially. And and more, yeah. right? Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. I I would not have. Uh, I did not think to to share that. So yeah. All right, Pete. Speaking of you, you want to take us to Jane? I can do that. Jane wrote in, um, and and it, some of it was long, so I'm uh, paring this down a little bit, taking some editing license. But I couldn't edit this first part out. This was a nice theme this week. Uh, hi, Dave, Pilot Pete, and Adam. Long-time listener, and I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and all the excellent tips and questions answered. Thank you, guys. You all work so well together and are a delight to listen to. Aren't we just? Love it. Thank you. Those are great. <laughs> my great audio on my Mac thinks we are not a delight to listen to today, well, but you know. Yeah, we'll edit that. that out for most of you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we've gotten several emails this week with some nice compliments, and boy, is it humbling. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Very kind. She writes, we've stolen, we have an, we've stolen some iPhones. No, we have enabled <laughs> stolen device protection and are happy it's now available. However, we're having difficulty finding out why our home is not considered a trusted location. I spent three hours on with Apple support senior advisor eek, 
<laughs> and I have tried a multitude of solutions and sadly none of them work. Our Wi-Fi signal is good and we have no issues with connectivity on any of our devices. And then went through all the troubleshooting steps they tried. Some of the important ones are uh, uh, multiple device restarts, toggle off and back on again in Safari and hide my IP and reset location and privacy, which I did. And which once you do that, you have to start re-enabling all the, yes, let it know my location with every app you open. <laughs> going ahead um so after all that the significant locations worked for us for only one day and we were out and about doing errands but have not uh tracked us at all since then even when we've been out with our phones our contact info for our me cards is correct with our address i realize the benefits of stolen device protection far outweighs the one hour wait to make specific changes to our devices like changing the passcode that sort of thing but i'm hoping you can offer me some suggestions so that my home location is accurate and allows changes to be done without the one hour wait so i went in too and dave the walgreens here in town was a trusted location but my home was not my work was not i'm like oh that's weird so i i wiped all that out time you spend at walgreens are you are you recording from walgreens right now pete i I, one would think so apparently (laughs) because i had spent maybe 10 minutes there picking up some stuff from my mother uh, about two hours before i started this Uh. so not not i didn't spend two hours there (laughs) it had been two hours prior so i don't know look i went in i did all kinds of things i went into the system settings and looked uh other than walgreens no significant locations were listed so i cycled the phone off back on i opened the maps app i scrolled down to the favorites and tapped add typed in my address selected it scrolled down type add my home done all that stuff all the things yeah yeah um, and long and short of it, I then found an article, uh, uh linked to, uh, by a, a gent named Theo Joe, T H I O J O E on X it says, guess what? You don't get to pick your familiar locations. You can't set your home or work or any other significant locations where it's safe to make changes. And the article offers a particular solution, but basically uh, what I've done is I'm going to eat that hour. I've, I've turned it off and just said, you know what? It, 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 I get it. They don't want a thief to be able to, you know, take your phone and, and, you know, go in the bathroom right there where you're at, at your place of work or something like that. And then make changes before you have a chance to fix it. Yeah. You know that. So, but I also said, uh, if Dave or Adam have a different experience, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show. So I don't, I don't know if you guys have, uh, specific locations on either of your iOS devices or not, or I'm, I'm sure I do. Uh, I've, I've seen them before, but I thought I had two, but it was weird that my phone and my work were not there. Cause it always seems to recognize when I'm arriving at work or arriving at home. Yeah. Location services, yeah. system yeah. services. Hang on. I was going to ask, did, did we cover how to get there? Yeah, uh, it, it, we, it's in, it's, sorry, yes, it's settings, privacy and security, location services, system services, and then significant locations. Yep. And it's on, I show 144 records. And I don't get to see them. The only thing I see as a recent record is, it, actually, my my therapist's home slash office. That's it. That's, I don't have yep. it. I haven't been there in, nope. in. It's been several days, so that's cool. 
Huh. Yeah, they used to show you. I thought they used to show you the list. Like I have, I have similar thing. I've got sixty two records. This is on my Mac. I don't okay. know if it's, it's the same or different on my iOS devices. But yeah, yeah. Walmart, which is where I went to do my eye exam, right. so, <laughs> of course, as yeah. the most recent location. So I was there for you know a minute. Um, but sixty two records between December twenty twenty three and January twenty twenty four. So it looks like it's doing about a year's worth of yeah. No, oh. January twenty three, December oh, of twenty twenty three is last month. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a month, a month or so of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you used to be able to see it, all of them. You can't. I understand from someone who wrote in, and and forgive me, I, I didn't log your name in a way that I can easily refer to you during the show. So thank you. Uh, iOS seventeen point four adds more granularity to this. Mm-hmm. probably specifically because of the issue that it causes with stolen device protection. Right. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't have to go see my therapist to unlock my iPhone. Right. right. <laughs> Be a really kind of funny thing. Um, yeah. Can Dave, you, what? how does that make you feel? Yeah, exactly. Unlock your iPhone. Here? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 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 I will say when this came up on the last show, I haven't turned it on yet. And I expressed my concerns about this sort of thing. <laughs> like, incredibly inconvenient it could be if it didn't work properly yeah so i think you might and i again i I don't have all the details on this but i think 17.4 might not just show you more but also let you configure and set certain things as significant locations Uh, but i i I, like take a look at it when 17.4 comes out we will too and we'll we'll talk about it on the show but yeah 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 i think i think one way to know sorry Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna... so I'm pretty sure I'm on 17.4 beta and I, again, I hadn't gone anywhere with it. Yeah. And, and okay. So I you are on the beta it, the, and if yeah. you, if you go in there, you don't have any other options, right? It, oh. it, it looked like it, well, the problem is I hadn't been anywhere after I reset it, but, uh, um, and of course now I'm using it as my camera, so I can't run got in, it. in there okay. and look, yep. but the, uh, it looked like there was an option. It was kind of grayed out to see significant locations. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'll find out. I'm I'm curious yeah. to see what happens when you go in there uh, a little yeah. bit later. Real quick. I was going to say one way you might be able to crib what your current locations are is when I get in the car, I think that's what drives uh, like your maps. So like if I'm drive away from my house and I'm getting back in the car, maps will suggest like home if I'm close enough sure. to home as like the place I'm going to. Or like when I get in the car here, it suggests a lot of the recent places I've been to, you know, multiple times within town. So yeah. it's always been weird. It'll be like, oh, you want to go here? Do you want to go here? It's like, yep. well, I go there a lot, but yeah. So, yep. Yep. All right. Um, Ready shares a, a, a an interesting thing and asked a question in our discord says, um, my neighbor who has an iPhone and a Mac sent me a text message yesterday at 1 p.m. while I was at work away from home, which is where my Mac is. I did not get that message on my phone, though. Today, I logged into my Mac and saw the notification there. This happens from time to time and with slightly different circumstances. My Mac and iPhone are both signed into iCloud under the same account, and I only have one iCloud account. Are there any settings I can change so that anyone who sends me a text message will go to all of my Apple devices? And there was a fantastic conversation in Discord that transpired long before I even got there, which I love. And uh, I, I believe, it, yeah, it was Porthos John in, in Discord who pointed out, 
and advised Ready to check the the that the messages on your phone will be received at all the same phone numbers and emails that are set in your Mac. And so you do that by going into settings messages, which I swear I'll find on my phone. Eventually I got to get out of privacy and security here, but uh, yeah, go to settings messages and then send and receive there. And you will see a list of all of, of presumably your phone number, and then all of the email addresses that are linked to your iCloud account. And you can link new ones at iCloud.com slash mail, I believe. Or maybe it's just in your in the, the sort of the top level of your iCloud account. Because uh, it doesn't have to just be the the your iCloud address. It can like I have my Mac Geekab address in there and all of those things. And you can choose whether or not you will receive messages sent to those email addresses and it turned out that ready had turned off all of the email addresses on his phone and for whatever reason his neighbor had his email address as his iMessage address to which he was sending things and so those things would only appear on his mac where he had all of those things selected so it is important what's nice is you can in that same thing you can choose one of your addresses to start new conversations from and you can choose that to be your phone number or not your phone number. And there, I don't know that there's any one right answer for that. I, I It defaults to your phone number. Uh, it, it, so that's what a lot of people use. It's what I use. But I have noticed when I'm traveling internationally or something, it's like, oh, I wish I had sent it for people to use like my, my uh, you know, uh, one of my email addresses Although iCloud's pretty smart and it'll get it to your phone even if that SIM is offline because it knows you're logged into that iCloud account. And so your phone number becomes this sort of representation of you, not your actual, like you don't need that phone online. So it gets a little weird. But like when my daughter moved to Italy and gave up her U.S. phone number and, you know, now she has an Italian phone number for her phone and she pays $11 a month for 150 gigs of super high speed data, which is awesome for her. Um, maybe 11 euro, but it doesn't really matter. It's cheap. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, any but she had to, like, teach people how to contact her again, because if you texted her U.S. phone number or even I messaged her U.S. phone number, it would no longer get to her. So that that all needed to happen. So think about those things when you're making your choice about what do you want to have to deal with in the future. So, that's And just real quick, if you're on the Mac, the way to get there is you have to open up messages, go to settings, and then click on the iMessage tab. And then there's a settings panel in there where you can see the same information. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Cool. All right. Shall we go to, uh, shall we, I, hang on one second. I'm just going to knock on some wood here, Adam. Yeah, because uh, it's been over 10 minutes since my audio has uh, reset itself and forced us to have a nice little lag and an edit point in the show. So I knocked on the wood. Will you take us to Jan or Jan? I always forget Jan. I think it's Jan. Yeah, we'll say both. Jan Jan says, uh, does anyone know an iPhone home screen widget or a shortcut that will allow me to see the Wi-Fi network I am connected to without having to open up one of the settings apps. Yeah. Open up the settings app. Yeah, this might be a geek challenge. I, I, I like this. So um, 
there again, this came in our Mackie Cab Discord, and there was some discussion about it. And uh, Jim has fun said you can get this via shortcuts. Like you, you can. There is a, a shortcut action for get Wi-Fi networks network name, and then you can show that right. So a shortcut could do this, and if you have uh, an iPhone 15 Pro with the action button. You can assign that shortcut to the action button. So all you got to do is hit the action button and it shows it to you. But that's a little bit tedious. You can also save a shortcut to your iPhone home screen if you want to just tap it and do that. Um, you can, of course, pull down from the right uh, upper right-hand corner of your iPhone to pull down Control Center and see the uh, Wi-Fi network name because it's going to show it there. But... There's no way to just have it displayed on your phone that I have found. Although, like, I, I looked in Widgetsmith, the third-party app that does a lot of cool things with widgets. And if you haven't checked out Widgetsmith, I highly recommend it. But yeah. um, they, they don't have a particular widget for showing your Wi-Fi network name. You could request it as a feature. Um but I, like, I feel like we're close to like you could run a shortcut every 10 minutes that went and grabbed it and stuffed it into a variable somewhere. And then, you know, could you somehow update your thing? Like, I, I feel like we're really close. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Do you have any thoughts on like how we can get there with the data that we know we have? No, but I mean, I'm, it sounds like something that somebody could probably quickly write as a widget. Like, I don't know how yeah. easy. Like, we need we need a developer to just make it. Yeah, like, well, that's you. <laughs> maybe it is me. I'm thinking go. about it now. It's like, oh, I've never tried to make a widget. I wonder what's involved. I might look into it. Yeah, but yeah. No, I mean, it seems like it seems like an obvious thing. Like, it'd be interesting that no one. It's interesting to me that no one's done like a Wi-Fi widget that would show Wi-Fi details on a widget. But maybe that's a security thing. I don't. I don't know. I to do some research hang on is there a wi-fi widget wi-fi man adds ios for this is from 2020 an article i found at imore wi-fi man adds ios 14 widgets that show your wi-fi usage on your home screen does it show you view usage data per ssid so maybe i don't know we'll put a link to wi-fi man in there to remind both us and you to uh to check that out. Uh, yeah, why, why not have a widget that shows your SSID, what you're connected to the data rates that you're getting currently yeah. and like your IP, uh, your IP address. That would be amazing. Like I, I could but, see that being helpful. Sure. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if while you, you were talking, I muted my mic and I said, S lady, what Wi-Fi network am I on? And she goes, I can't help you with that on the Apple watch. I'm like, ah, oh. cause again, yeah. my phone's being used yeah, as a yeah, camera. Yeah. But I thought, well, you know, because I was thinking you could set up a shortcut where the action button on your watch ultra yeah. would bring that information well, up. Let me try it. And Probably. my apologies, Siri, yeah. what Wi-Fi network am I on? Let's see. It just shows me that I am connected to Wi-Fi, and it would let me turn it off, but <laughs> it does not like yeah. it pulls down a widget I've never seen before. And that, oh, come on, Siri, that, uh, that just shows I can turn Wi-Fi on and off, but it doesn't show me any details. So. Cool. Yep. All right. Where are we on time and time? I think it's time to, well, I want to do a little show business uh, quickly here because 
I want to take a minute and say thank you to all of you who in the past few weeks have sent in your contributions to our Mac Geekab premium program, which you can learn about at MacGeekab.com slash premium. As I always say, and it remains, this is optional, uh, certainly not mandatory. It, however, is extremely helpful and really makes a difference for us uh, in terms of being able to do what we do. So uh, thank you to all of you who participate in the premium program. And in the last few weeks, we have quite a few to go through. Uh, we have received $10 donations from and thanks to Timothy in West Windsor, Frank in Voorhees, Warren in Gloucester, Barry in Des Plaines, Brian in Southbury, Santiago in Palm City, John in Wake Forest, Kevin in Edison, Michael in Robbins, Matthew in Forked River, Bill uh, with an APO address, Frank in Tunbridge, Jeff in Chesterton, Chesterton, sorry, James in Amity Harbor, Joseph in Marietta, Paul in Lawrenceville, Jonathan in Plainsboro, Gary in Babylon, John in Vienna, Stephen in Costa Mesa, James in Melbourne, Olga in Bellevue, Robert in Columbiana, Jason in Charlestown, Nick in Mount Clemens, uh, Dave in Durham, because I sign up and test to make sure the system works, uh, Bob in Lepesh, Graham in Yelverton, uh, my apologies, $15 thanks to Bob in Lepesh and $25 thanks to Graham in Yelverton, Deb in San Clement, Jay Walter in Long Island City, Robert in Sioux Falls, Racer from Parts Unknown, Michael in Rochester, Michael in I don't know where, Mark in New Fairfield, Ralph in Attleboro, Tim in Bright, William in Verona, Joseph in Shorewood, uh, I'll get there, hang on, Mark in Parts unknown, I think Massachusetts and James in Chester. And then we had a $30 contribution uh, from Jim in San Jose. Thanks to Anthony in Rockville for a $50 contribution. Thanks to John in VV for a $60 contribution. In addition, Scott in Calabasas for a $60 contribution and a uh, hundred dollars. Thanks to Mark in Oklahoma city. You all rock. Thank you very much. And now let's go to some cool stuff found. Adam, you want to tell us about uh, this thing you got or it, that uh, that you yeah, use? Yeah, a couple is like a, 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 oh, you we're gonna do that. Sorry. Cool stuff. Cool stuff found. A, yeah, right. were we gonna do? Were we gonna do the CFF? Uh, oh yeah, do, the Spigen. Pick, pick the one. Spigen arc field. Yeah, <laughs> it's sorry. all good. <laughs> it really doesn't sorry, matter. I got thrown off, it, and now the air raid siren's going off. Oh, so amazing! You can't hear that. <laughs> uh so yeah so i have had an apple watch for a long time and you know more recently i started wanting to do the sleep tracking thing so i've been sleeping with my apple watch but that means when i get up in the morning the battery is about 20 25 percent usually um from the previous day and so i have a stand next to my nightstand where i put my apple watch and things to charge but i'm not putting it there at night get up in the morning and i would be in my office and Sure enough, my Apple Watch would go dead. So I wanted to get a little charging stand for my office. And so I did some searching around on Amazon and I found the Spigen Spigen, however you say it, Arcfield watch stand. And it's a simple little watch stand. It, it's integrated in terms of the little charging puck, but it's 100% Apple Watch compatible. So it's like official, a little more on the expensive side because of that. 
Um, and it's a nice little stand and it's like perfect. It comes with little uh, risers depending upon the size of your um, uh-huh. Apple Watch that you, little inserts you put in. So it'll put it at the correct right angle. It sits horizontally. So you get the cool, you know, like the time displays as it's charging and the you night, can press the nightstand mode. Yeah. The night, nightstand mode. So it works with that. Um, it does have an integrated cable, which is not always my favorite thing. So like, you know, the cable's non detachable. Yep. Um, but in this case, you don't really move it around, so I, that doesn't bother me as much. You know, I worry about the cable breaking, and then I got to get a whole new thing. So sure, that's sure, maybe sure. not the best best part of it. But the other thing that happened was I was sitting here, and I had my AirPods, and those needed to charge. And I went, you know, I wonder if I could throw my AirPods on there, my AirPods Pro. Sure enough, I put the charging case on there. It locked in with a magnet and went ding, and uh, started charging those too. And I have the huh. the first gens, so I. Thought that was a second gen version. Yeah, thing, we were but... talking about that pre-show. I I agree with you. I thought it was only the second gens that would charge on the watch puck and not the first gens. But evident, you didn't replace your case, right? Your case is OG. oh no, yeah, not at all. Yeah, original case. So it all worked, and it's what? a nice little compact stand. It's nicely weighted on the bottom, so it's got good That's heavy important. weights weight yeah. to it. So when you lift things off, it, it stuff doesn't go flying. Um, it. I think the price on the website was about 54 bucks. Yeah. I think I paid less on Amazon. On I don't Amazon. Remember oh, what I paid. okay. We'll find an Amazon link for that for sure. Okay. Yeah, but maybe I did. Uh, you know, again, it's the official box. So we were talking about the licensing and all that, that costs extra. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Well, I will share the next that, thing yeah. here. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Sorry, you were, so you're, someone was sharing the mag go. The, yeah, yeah. I was, that, that's okay. the next thing I was okay, going to yeah, talk about start. here. So I was, okay, cool. I was prepping things and Pete started, Pete jumped the gun. That's fo- I, totally fine. I, Totally Producing the show too go, early. Go go. <laughs> no, so I I have a an a, an admission to make. Uh, I I ha- I must share because just two weeks ago, just the, whatever the episode w- was that we recorded right before CES, somebody wrote in and said, "What's the best travel charger, three way travel charger that I can use for my iPhone and watch and AirPods while I'm traveling and put them all on the you know MagSafe and all that stuff and I sat here and said what I firmly believed in the moment, and I still kind of believe, is that a cable is what I use when I travel because it's the the best way to ensure that you're not going to wake up with a dead phone in the morning. And then we started going and seeing all of the cool stuff at CES, and we ran into the folks at Anchor early on in our, our journeys there, and they had what they call the Anchor MagGo wireless charging station. And they gave me one to uh, experiment with while at CES. And from that moment forward, every night at CES, this is the only thing I used. And it is a three-in-one uh, thing. It's about the size, like like, uh, like two dimensions of it are about the size of a credit card. It is much thicker than that. It's about the thickness of two iPhones when it's all collapsed. But it is foldable. And uh, it, it it has the not MagSafe but Qi two uh, pad, which is essentially MagSafe. So it's got a Qi two pad for your phone. It's got a, a Qi pad for your AirPods, kind of inside it when you lift up the Qi pad for your phone. And then it's got a little watch puck that sort of flips out the back of it. So you've got this really compact thing where you can charge your watch, your phone, and your AirPods. All at the same time, it does have a detachable cable. It's a USB-C, so I just used the USB-C cable that was right there that I already had on my, uh, you know, set up on my bedside table in the hotel room. 
and I just plugged that in and everything worked great. And because it's Qi 2 and not um, MagSafe, it's a little bit cheaper than the three-in-ones that you would uh, pay for when it was MagSafe. Because the three-in-one, this is $110, which is not inexpensive. Uh, but if it were MagSafe paying the Apple licensing fees and all of that, you would be paying $150 for it, like all the other MagSafe ones. So, yay, Chi2, the price. I mean, you still have to pay for Chi2 certification, but at least it's slightly less. So, there you go. Yep. Dave, that's to be about the size quick, of a deck of cards. About the size of a deck of cards. That's really a little the right thicker. Way to, yeah, maybe a little that's thicker. What I was say. Deck and a half of cards. But yeah, exactly. Close to the dimensions for sure. Yeah, that's a great uh, way of saying it. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, the question awesome. I had is that that picture shows a USB C cable and a wall wart. Yep. Is that included, or is it, are they just showing that in the Amazon? No, page? it is included. You get the 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 the, the deck of cards. <laughs> And mm-hmm. the USB-C cable, which theirs comes with a little right angle on it, which is nice. And then, of course, the um, the wall wart that, that powers it. If you, you can use it with any wall wart, obviously, that's providing enough right. power. But, yeah. yeah. But that's like, I mean, I'm just thinking that's like another 30 bucks worth of stuff. That's fair. Yeah, you're you absolutely right. The price. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. No, that all comes in the mine, mine didn't come with that. So, I, you know, I had to get another wall plug or whatever, and, you know. 20, that's a really bucks for fair a wall plug point. 20 30 bucks for a cable like, yep yep all right pete you got a cool stuff found to share with us for today i, I do the the chipolo card perfectly imperfect card it's it's about the size of a credit card slightly thicker and so fits in your wallet and works with apple find my and boy i i got one uh at ces and i stuck it in my wallet and Boy, was I glad to have that because going through security in Mumbai, India, you mm-hmm. pull everything. Did I say everything? I meant everything comes out of your bag oh. except for your clothes. Anything with a wire, any, all the chargers, all the cables, all got to come out and go in the bucket. So needless to say, that takes me a little bit of time since I travel with podcasting equipment. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, so I'm rushing and I'm trying to get it all back because there's people standing behind me waiting for this idiot to get his stuff back in his bag. And so I'm trying to get it all in there. And I just take, I have this uh, wallet that I have my pilot's license, my medical, all, all the stuff that allows me to fly legally all over the world. And, I, and then my passport goes in there too. Well, I had stuck my passport in my breast pocket because I, I need to show that to walk through the security screener. And I just quickly stuck the wallet into one of the pockets in my suitcase, which I never do. I'm very, you know, yeah, I can you, wake you up in the middle patterns, of the night and right. go find, uh, you know, a Tums. I know what pocket it's in. I know I don't have to turn on the lights on. I can do all that. Yeah, well, of course. I, I could not find my wallet anywhere and i'm like oh crap did i leave it at security yeah and it's like uh i'm gonna have to get off this airplane and go back to security because i cannot legally fly and i don't need to land in singapore and get ramp checked and not have my licenses and be hauled off to the to the hokey pokey (laughs) yeah you don't want you don't want to do that i've heard they they might like lop your hand off for that yeah well at least smack you with a cane a few times yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm like oh my god and then at at the last minute i went Oh, I've got the Chipolo card. So I pulled up my phone and I ran and I heard it. I went, ah, it's in my bag somewhere. I'm good to go. Sat down and, and 
I dug it out when we landed in Dubai. That's cool. <laughs> and you you mentioned that this is the perfectly imperfect edition of what what the product is called the Chipolo card spot. It's a find right. my card as as right. you just articulated. The perfectly imperfect version or edition is because they had some manufacturing errors that caused some cosmetic blemishes on these things and instead of throwing them away, they thought, well, let's just embrace it and they came up with this cool, you know, script logo of perfectly imperfect. And uh, they, they say it is almost black. I think yeah. that was one of the problems is it, yeah. it came out more charcoal gray than uh, than anyone anticipated. But th- instead of throwing them away, they sell them for 35 bucks on their website, which is a little bit less than they were going to sell them yeah. for otherwise. So, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, cool. and, and this, that was it. It was embrace your imperfections. Yeah. And then they actually at CES, they actually had us write our, our imperfections on the board. That's right. right. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And someone That's had right. I'm lazy. And I wrote, I'm lazier. And someone said, well, they can come along and say I'm laziest. I said I would have written that, but it was too many letters. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put that uh, We'll put that in the show notes. Adam, I know we are running tight on time here, but this one I think is timely oh, and important. So you want to share what Bill shared with us? Yeah, Bill sent me this really cool thing. And unfortunately, this was a live event, missed it. Uh, it was Apple's insanely great Apple Mac at 40 event because recently the Apple Macintosh turned 40. Yeah, and the Computer History Museum held this event with a bunch of the original Mac team and did an interview and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was live and we, we were going to talk about this. It happened on January 24th, live streamed. I totally missed it. I didn't have time to tune into it. And I was hoping it would show up on their YouTube channel. And sure enough, now it has. So you can go to youtube.com slash computer history. And uh, it is in their videos there on YouTube. Yep. So you can watch the whole thing in its entirety. And that's that's really cool. It It's, it, yeah, I have, I started watching it. I've actually got it, um, I used the the command line tool yt dlp to save that YouTube video to my iPad uh, to my Plex library, which now on my iPad, so I can watch it on the plane to Mexico in a few weeks. And and that is, it's about two hours long, so give yourself some time. But uh, yeah, David Pogue hosted it. A lot of the original Mac design team is there being interviewed. Very similar. It seems on the surface anyway to what the what we did 10 years ago the at the Mac 30th event, which was held at the Flint Center, which was cool. The Macworld All-Star Band played at that event, and it was cool being on stage with uh, an original Mac on the little podium in the corner, just like it was when it was first announced in, uh, you know, 40 years ago. So, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this. There's also a an exhibit at the computer history museum that's on display for the next month so if you are in or around san francisco you can go to it but if you can't visit the website where they show some of the things and have some of the pictures of some of the artifacts and that sort of thing uh right there on uh, on the web for us so links to that, all of that, these things including the youtuber in the show notes yeah. that book you just scrolled by is just amazing too the um w- w- which book how the Mac was made. Uh, how the Mac was made. The rev- yeah, oh, sorry, the Revolution that, in the that, Valley. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, Andy Hurt. Andy Hurt's film. Rhetoric, yeah, think, that's right. right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great book. I have that in my library. I love that book. Uh, I don't know that I've ever read this book. So we are it's, putting a link to that in the show notes too, my friends. It's a collection of short stories about different events. There's a great piece about rounded rectangles about the the day that. Steve Jobs, him, him and Steve Jobs were walking down the street and Steve 
you know, talked about rounded rectangles and then he went back after that and then made rounded, rounded rectangles on any, everything on the Mac. Oh, yeah. I, I think I've read some of these stories. Now I, th- that one doesn't sound familiar, but, uh, but yeah. All right. There's well, also a podcast, a podcast that he did, or he allowed someone to do that. Are those stories? It's like archive.org or something. I think okay. his site is ar- his site is archive.org, but there is a podcast that okay. has them just yeah. like that read out too. Yep. Yep. Cool. Thank you for that. That's great. Thank you for that, Bill. Thanks everybody for all of the great, cool stuff that you sent in all your great questions and your tips. And, uh, thanks to the audio gods for only letting us have two instances of audio death so far. Hang on. Knock on wood, but we survived the audio death. So there you go. Uh, God, Dave, we did get caught. I don't, it's interesting. I, it's where core audio just resets all the devices very quickly on my Mac, but it causes a few things to just go haywire and need sort of a manual nudge that takes all of about 30 or 40 seconds to, to do. I've seen this happen before. Never this frequently, though. So I, I wish it would happen, in a sense, more frequently so that I could troubleshoot it and like figure out what's going on. Until then, we just keep our fingers crossed and we knock on wood. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors. You know, you can learn all about our sponsors at macgeekab.com slash sponsors. They are automatically filled in there. And plus, we highlight a few that are sort of the key. So check it out, macgeekab.com slash sponsors. Feedback at macgeekab.com. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for, uh, thanks for everything. Thanks for all your kind compliments and comments. We lead charmed lives here. Absolutely. Pete, what's your shirt say? Well, in English, it says don't get caught. In German, it says. Lass dich nicht erwischen. Made on Whew, made it. And we're out. Just in time. Oh, my God. It just went away. Like, literally just went away. Can you guys hear me? No. Yeah, Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. It, it, like, something happened again. But this Um, time, I didn't lose, like, logic didn't get lost. So. Yeah. All right. Now, we're really going to leave.